Well, welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast today. I'm here with Rhonda and we are continuing in the emotionally healthy spirituality. If you want to follow along, you can pick up the book and the workbook um, by Peter and Jerry Scazzaro. It is excellent. And we're continuing in our mini series talking about um, the 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. And this has been really powerful for you and I as we're diving into these things and just recognizing how God is bringing such conviction, but also healing. I'm finding that as we dive in, the awareness of how we operate in so many of these kind of without thinking it's so helpful to become aware of it, to be able to, to just switch our perspective, right? It's so interesting. So today's is a good one, Rhonda. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm gonna, always ready, this Lori. One, this one is another one that's going to hurt. It's going to okay. hurt deep. Okay, so okay, here we go. I'm ready. <laughs> so today's um, symptom is doing for God instead of being with God. And so the example is I tend to evaluate my spirituality based on how much I'm doing for God. Now, this one is, um, I mean, even just as I say that statement, doing for God instead of being with God, it brings immediate conviction because it's so easy, I think, for us to fall into. And I think the doing for God is like a distraction from being with God. Like we can so easily think that we're with God in all the things that we're doing for God. And it's actually really hard to stop, to pause, to reflect on, okay, what is the motive of all Mm. of this doing? And are we actually inviting God into what we're doing? Or actually even better, I've been starting to say this, are we actually asking God to invite us into what Mm. he's doing? Wow. You know, I've started to just switch that even in my prayer for so long saying, God, you know, come into my Mm. day. No, I want to go where you're going. Like Mm. I want to follow you. I want to be invited into your space. And I think that, yeah, this is a really, really good topic for us to dive into today. One of the things I'll just start off just by sharing a little story of my own sort of where I'm at in this season of life is, of course, like always, oh my gosh, I feel like we say this all the time, but (laughs) things are so busy, right? There's so much going on, lots of demands, lots of awesome and amazing things, but just lots of things, lots of things, decisions to make and things to do and endless to-do lists, whether it's at home in personal life, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, with family, whether, you know, there's just like things in every little pocket of our lives that are pulling. And so the doing part, there's a lot of it. Mm. There's a lot of doing that's taking place. And, you know, I was spending some time with the Lord this weekend and I was just processing on, oh, like I could feel the sort of the frenzy of the doing, right? Like just the a little bit like the chaotic in inner inner world and uh, some stress and some anxiety and I'm like oh lord like I don't want to live like this like god you've set me free from this I don't want to live from that place what's going on and I just spent some time with the lord and I took time to write down every single thing that was sort of like on my heart unanswered questions things that I really want the lord to to lead to give me wisdom on to give me direction and I literally wrote down 22 there was 22 things that were sort of <laughs> hanging over my head that I'm like just god, a few 20 <laughs> I was like okay that's a lot of oh things so anyways wrote them all down and prayed 
And no joke, I'm sitting in church one Sunday and I feel this conviction come over me because I'm asking God all these questions. God, what's going on? I'm spending time repenting for, you know, engage, like aligning with anxiety. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in all this, all these spaces. And I felt like the Lord said, you know, have you read your Bible <laughs> recently? And I was like, what? So I started to think back and I was like, oh my goodness. I had not actually just sat down and read, just opened up my Bible and read a chapter of my Bible, like just from a devotionally place, disciplined place for myself in three weeks, three weeks, which is like a really long time. This is normally a daily, like it's not, it's not out of the norm for me to read a chapter or two or three or part of my Bible reading plan. But a few things shifted in my life, you know, our heartstrong ended and it switched over to a new plan and then da da da, whatever, uh, all these things just, it just, it just sort of shifted. And I realized, oh my goodness, I have not opened up my word. So, but it's not that I haven't spent time with God. It's not that I haven't spent time journaling and in prayer and that's been pretty regular, but I actually just the discipline of reading the word. And I realized the word is our spiritual food. Mm. So like I'm, I'm starving, you know, there's <laughs> like a, but there is, there's like yeah. a starvation yeah. there. Right. Yeah. And, and it just feeds right into doing for God being so full of doing that. I think even that mm. small discipline, which is not small at all, which is actually huge, which is a huge part of my strength, my daily strength. Yeah. Just got cast to the wayside. So I share that as a confession. The Lord brought it to my attention. I picked up my Bible immediately and just began to read a chapter. And for the last couple of days, have engaged in it and already can feel just a change, just mm -hmm. a change coming. And it's in that inner world of from where I'm doing from, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to just getting on the rat race of do, 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 do. So that's a little start into this conversation. Wow, Laura, that is so good. That's so profound. And we all relate to that, honestly, because that place of doing for God, you know, what it actually, if I'm circling back, if I just would circle my thoughts here for a minute, it's a similar conversation we've had about the heart for the ex, like the external responses to what God is doing. It can look the same. Oh my goodness. It doesn't really look that much different no, on the outside. It doesn't. No. But it's where we can even do with a sweet spirit. That's you exactly. know what I mean? We could do it with a sweet spirit, wanting to do it. However, it's the motive and the posture of heart. So I for me, when you're talking about that, you know, when I think of all of this list, this was one of my top this is one of the top ones I had on there for sure. It's part of my identity. I think of even how it's validated, how growing up, you know, I led worship starting at 13, 14 years old. And, you know, I recognized very quickly as a young person that when I did things for Jesus, <laughs> it was affirmed and validated. And I loved that. And wow. when I was young, it became equated very quickly with my spirituality. The more I do for God, the more God loves me, the more God's proud of me, the more people are proud of me, the more I have a belonging and a place in a church, the more I do for God. And what I was doing for God was beautiful. And I, I, it's beautiful. We need to put into practice these things in a local expression. That's why we're always like, you're part of the body. You right, need to be right. part of the body. Not the answer just is not doing. Exactly. The answer is not, not doing. Exactly. That's not what we're saying here. However, the place of my heart and where that identity was coming from was from a very unhealthy place. And that started me on a journey and on a makeup where God has definitely come in and continually 
unravels and mines into those spaces. And so I feel like identity is so much into this place where we're talking about the doing versus the being. So my identity can be come from doing for God. My identity from a pastor can be how much I minister and how well I feel like being effective in that versus my actual being with God. And it's a very subtle shift. You know, it really is not something, there's certain things I could be like, oh yeah, I recognize that's not my identity. But when I actually step back, it is a subtle place that we need the Holy Spirit to go to because I don't always recognize that where it shifts over, where it shifts into, oh, I'm doing this because I actually feel I need to be validated or I feel like I need to prove something to God or I need to feel worthy of the position or the worthy of God's love, worthy of all that he's given me and stewarded. I need to feel worthy. No, it's all a gift, but he wants to be with me. You know, this is a beautiful moment because even this summer, when you're sharing a story, I was at a cottage and I was sitting on the dock and I was just spending time with the Lord and just saying like, God, I feel like I definitely want to continually go to that place of identity in my life. Like I don't want to build identity on what I do. And I recognize that I love what I do. And because I love it so much, it actually feels so good. It's not like I feel like I'm doing something bad, but I'm like, God, I recognize that I could go ahead of you and I could just be doing out of gifting, doing out of passion, doing out of things that I want to do because I love it versus are you calling me to do it that way? Am I bringing, exactly you say, bringing you on the journey? And I felt like even in my own spirit, like God was like, I just want to do this with you. Can you see this through the eyes of, I want to do this with you? that independence, that self-reliance is actually where I'm breaking that down, that it, that deep place of identity. So when you want to lead worship, when you're preaching, instead of saying, God, you know, it's funny you said that, instead of saying, I'm going to be doing this, God, would you bless us? Thank you for this. God, thank you that you're doing this. Can I come with you? Can you give me the eyes to see I get to do this with you? What a joy fills my heart in that. Not just that what I'm doing, but that I get to do this with you? What an honor. And that was just this whole revelation on the dock, sitting thinking, wow, nothing really changes from the outside, but from the inside is where this changes. So good. That is yeah. so good. That's yeah. profound and such a beautiful, yeah. beautiful picture of that oh, of that invitation. I, I love that so much. Sometimes my mind goes to like these extreme places because I think that this one like doing for God, I think it runs deep. Like it runs deeper than I think we even realize how deep it is rooted in because it's reinforced from the time that we're very, very, very young, like externally in the natural world, like out there Mm -hmm. in our jobs Mm and like school, every, Mm -hmm. like every single thing, even our parents, like, and, uh, and as parents, I can say this as parents, obviously we want our kids to be good and not to be a hassle to us. So we reinforce, right? Like what we expect them to do. And we just, we constantly are reinforcing, encouraging, giving affirmation for like that, which makes our life easier. Mm -hmm. Like doing what we think is the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like the doing, doing, like it's, it's like so ingrained in the fabric of who we are in our identity that sometimes I wonder, and this is just how my mindset goes. And I know this is not always the healthiest, but my mindset sometimes goes into this like extreme place. Like imagine if, you know, you went to like a, like a monastery and took like, you know, monastic lifestyle for whatever, six months, a year. Like could some of this be untwined inside of our heart? Like how long would it actually take for us to, because, 
you know, I love time with the Lord and I love like time alone. And I love like doing that, taking those kind of extreme. I love a season of fasting, like all of these sort of extreme measures, but they're all for a limited time. So that's probably why I love it. I love it. Right. So it's like, I'll set aside an afternoon. I'll set aside a few hours. I'll set aside a day, two days, three days, but like never like a long, like uh, extended period of time, what would actually happen? And I want you just to like, think about how you think you would feel if you were literally plucked out of your life right now with everything that you have to do every day and plucked into some sort of like alone life with you and God only for like a year. Like what would happen and how long do you think it would be before you'd just start to like go crazy because you don't have any of the external, right? Validation and affirmation of everything you're doing and like the proving and showing God how many awesome things we're doing, (laughs) right? Like this world, like, and even, even this world of ministry, it's filled with just so many people and so much, you know, incredible doing for God, incredible Mm. work of doing for God. So anyway, this whole sideline, that's like (laughs) one sideline. You can, you can answer how that makes you feel or what you would imagine, but is leading me to think about if we can't model this as leaders and pastors, like how are we even supposed to invite people into this way of life? Right. Mm -hmm. And how often in church and even in ministry, and I'm, I'm saying this, even as I'm talking about this, I'm feeling such a deep conviction. Do we invite people into the doing space of God? But how often are we inviting people into the being space? Mm-hmm. Like even in everything, the way that our mm-hmm. churches are set up and the way that ministry is set up, like we're get involved, serve, like it's all invitations into the doing space of belonging. But how do we actually foster and facilitate for people how to engage in the being space with God and really getting an identity from that. How how are we doing that and how do we do that? So those are a couple of the things that are sort of circling in my heart and my mm. spirit. Like how do we actually rid ourselves of the doing for God? How do we really, really do it? And then yeah, how do we cultivate that for others? So that's a really good question. Like the boots on the ground, you know, it's one thing to say it. Yeah. It's like, what does that look like boots on the ground? And I, I think this is a lifelong journey. Like I I think it actually is like, and I think it's, we definitely think it's both. And like God says Uh, works. Oh yeah. But I, I feel like exactly we do the doing well but we don't do the being well. And I think that's why this book is so important because I think the being is the emotional part. I could do a lot and you could not know me. I could do a lot for you. Yes. And you have no intimate interaction or knowing of how I'm feeling, or I can portray a false self of how I'm feeling, but have so many guards, so much woundedness that I look like everything's fine, but deep, deep inside, that's the being. And that is something I'm learning later in my journey with the Lord of how intimate that place is the emotional journey and that is not easy for me i think like honestly all of these ones i'm like oh like wow okay so imagine yourself everything (laughs) being taken from you your family (laughs) oh you're going back to that like i am i want to know how do like how do you do do you are you okay you know what that would be like what happens okay and you're saying like a year a year let's say a year okay i love being alone in certain like I, I and i want to say this with a lot of i want to say this with some definition 
because I realize it's a gift for me to be alone because it, I have a start and end to it. Okay. Exactly. You know, like what you were saying. Yes. And so it actually stripped down. I actually feel like it would be very hard for me. I actually love doing, I love doing more than being. Right. That's so crazy to say. I know. But I actually love doing way more than being because when I have to be, if I'm in a space where I'm like, things aren't well, I'll just do more. (laughs) I feel so much better. (laughs) I'll plan another event. I'll busy myself with something else. I'll start a purging project. Like I'll do something else. Like I'll go out and do grocery shopping. I don't care. I know. I'll just do. I know. And I actually feel like I, it's like a quick fix. Ew. It's really gross. So I say I love to be alone. Like when I go to a retreat and I go and do stuff, but I actually, what I do is I like that. I can carve a little bit of time to just do that. A limited amount of time alone. But then I want to do again. Right. Right, right. So right. no, I think that would be very hard for me. Yeah, it would. It would be. I think it would be shockingly hard. Yeah, I think you probably could have a couple of days at the beginning that would be so beautiful. Yeah. Like sometimes in my time with the Lord, like I literally feel like God transports me out of my mm. body in in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I say that it's not like so weird, but it yeah. sounds a bit yeah. weird. But you get like sort of transported in your spirit to like be with God in whatever sort of picture, you know, is peaceful for you or whatever. Right. And that, that's kind of how, and I can do that for a little while. And I, and it's amazing. It feels a bit like going on a vacation. Like it feels literally Mm -hmm. like a, like you're entering into a different Mm -hmm. space. And Mm -hmm. I can do that for like a while as in like probably like days, but I, I feel like (laughs) I can't, I can't do it like indefinitely. Like I have to, and also my physical body is like, I, I'm a, a doer in my body too. Like my body likes activity. My l- body likes to move. I can't just like not move. I have to do things and create things and make things and fix things. And, you know, like I have to, uh, yeah, be a part of something. I can't mm-hmm. just, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long it would take before I'd actually just feel I'd sing every song I know <laughs> and like <laughs> I remember when we used to peach pack and I would sing all the musicals from start you to finish. You entertained us for days on end. I'd probably do that. We right? didn't even but have a radio. Think of that. They put us in a burn. Well, we're, we're digressing <laughs> here, but when we used to peach pack, Lori and I grew up in the Niagara region and that was our job, summer jobs, working on the farms. And the one area, the one farm we worked at, there was no radio, nothing. There was just what three of us in a barn packing peaches all day by ourselves yep. and Lori sang every single musical that she knew and we all listened <laughs> all day like we were just happy that Lori was our live radio like think about that isn't that so cute like so oh my goodness like, oh yeah so Phantom of the funny. Opera Les Mis you name oh, it yeah, you, you the, did them all. them all yeah I knew Sound all the of words music. <laughs> you did them all like that is so funny so funny I okay know, that I that's know. a little so that's ch- what I would do <laughs> by myself you'd be to would hear you Singing. Anyways, it's an interesting thing. I know it's probably, that'll uh-huh. probably never happen. But again, it's like how uh, the yeah. the question is more like how do we come to the end of that identity of doing right? And again, I, I do agree with you. Even this book, going through this book, engaging in two minutes of silence at different intervals of the day, actually taking time to like slow again 
to recenter into the space of being and belonging to God outside of, you know, the to do list, like doing that intentionally, that I think is so important and is really, really helping to bring an awareness to this. But yeah, but the other side of the question was, you know, how do we then even as pastors and leaders cultivate this for other people as well and help them and not fall into the trap of only valuing people for what they're doing and, you know, forgetting to actually press in on the discomfort of how to just be with God. What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we anchor to that? How do we celebrate that? How do we cultivate that? Right. Mm. All of those spaces, because I have to be honest, like I'm a, a product or a condition of my environment. So it's really easy for me to affirm people for what they're doing. And I'm so appreciative of people mm. for what they're doing for what they're doing for God, for what mm. they're doing for the ministry, for how they're loving the mm. body of Christ and serving. And we couldn't do, we couldn't do what we do without it. Like mm-hmm. it is part of our expression of, of faith and worship to God. Like it's all intertwined in that. But again, it cannot be the most important thing and it cannot be from the identity of earning favor with God mm. or earning favor with other people. It has mm. to be out of an expression of worship, right? Mm. So to keep coming back to that place, I want us to do that better. And I don't think we can until we're actually living that better, Mm. right? Like I think those go hand in hand. We have to live that because we can't give what we don't have. Like we can't actually cultivate or create. And it's interesting because um, in HeartStrong, so we do like our spring and our summer season of HeartStrong where we dive into like, you know, the scriptures and deep like Bible study research, all of that. But in our fall and our winter season, in talking with a couple of the leaders, you know, there was this sense of like, what if we don't do so much, but why don't we take the time to actually just really listen to God and create this type of space of being with God, but together in community. And it's so interesting that even as we have this conversation, that I do think that there are many in the body of Christ that are sensing the call to lean into the discomfort of this. So every day now, you know, we spend time, you know, we'll play some worship songs and just listen to the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit speak, or we'll take silence on right on the zoom call all together there's Mm. 60 people you know and we just just listen just Mm. listen and let god speak through his word listen to the word being read out loud like it's really Mm. beautiful so you Mm -hmm. you hear this like desire for that type of walking out because i think we know that at the end of the day the doing will not sustain us Mm. it will actually not sustain us like we'll Mm. end up crashing will end up it's not enough we mm-hmm. have to enter into this intimacy space mm-hmm. come to the table no 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 don't just feed now sit and linger right mm-hmm. your word i just love that word so much i feel like it's so anchoring so mm-hmm. yeah well i love that and i think you know as we've even been unpacking about doing and identity and and then it kind of brings us to purpose because all of it flows in and out of each other and i think at the end of the day when we boil it all down it's like what is our posture of heart and motive and i think honestly god has given us so much opportunity to do and to give and to pour out 
However, if it's not coming from a place of completely being with God and we need him to show us, and that's what I think it is like, yeah, it's, it's not going to be where we, the dramatic, like we stop for a year and we, you know, that's it. That's it. Where's Lori? She's gone. She is gone. (laughs) Lori has disappeared, folks. She's gone. She's for a year. Yeah. She's like out in the wilderness, barefoot, walking around somewhere. I don't know where. I mean, Jesus did it for 40 days. (laughs) No, he did. He did. No, I'm not laughing like that. But but no, but I'm, but, but literally like, right. We were just reading, reading the story of Jesus going like Jesus, the son of God went out into the wilderness to be tested but alone and we don't think of like the hardship of even making like ah it's just but it's so good right and it was part of what God was doing in him in his relationship with God to prepare him for what Mm -hmm. he needed to step into Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe we are being called Rhonda to go to the wilderness (laughs) okay I'm moving on in this conversation (laughs) oh my goodness no I love it well we've seen the wilderness oh my goodness in Israel when you actually saw where Jesus went to, it was so fascinating. When you see the Jordan River and then you see the wilderness and literally stripped from even to the eye, anything to distract, to look at, it is literally barren wilderness. It's, it's like rocky. Yeah. But desolate. No trees. No trees. Shelter. It's not like it's, there's covering. You're exposed. I've never seen any landscape that looks like that before, eh? No. Like it was so, so interesting. fascinating to yeah. see. To actually see that Jesus yeah. completely exposed even like was exposed to all of that uh, barrenness around him and was in s- complete solitude and silence on his own and was tempted and was on his own. And it's quite fascinating. But anyway, that's a whole other podcast. But I do feel like for us kind of bringing this to a close, I really feel like the Lord is going to that place of the being with this emotional healthy, recognizing the posture of our heart, the motive of why we're doing what we're doing constantly saying it even in those moments of breath those moments of time god am i doing this out of what motive am i trying to earn something here am i trying to be validated for something am i recognizing that what are you doing <laughs> like where are you here in my day and i want to be with you i want to be honest with you i don't want to spiritualize things i want to say this is how i'm feeling right now stop and feel be present in how i'm feeling It's easy to say those things, but we definitely, definitely need the Holy Spirit and we need pockets of time to just ask those questions. And that's why if you haven't done this book, I'm telling you for myself, this is a boots on the ground practical book. So even the being, this is us practicing being. This is what it looks like. A friend, practice with a friend, practice with a spouse, practice even with your children. Jay and I were just talking about that today. Our kids are growing up. I can easily parent them. I can do a lot for my kids. But do my kids have a sense of being with me? Do my friends have a sense of being with me, knowing how I'm feeling? And I don't always like to say how I'm feeling. I don't always like to say that. So I think this is going into such deeper pockets of our life that every day invite the Lord to show you how can you be? How can you actually be? And that's a beautiful space that we're talking about today. I'm not just doing, but being, but most importantly, being with God, being intimate with God, but being present with him. And what does that look like for you? And where is God leading you on that journey? Some of you are probably way further along than I am on that. You know how to emotionally be with God. And now perhaps God's putting some doing, like actually taking that being and be able to say, let's do this together. Maybe that's where God's putting his finger on today. But as we've been talking, this is where the Lord is resting in my heart of how it'd be be more present with God. 
and uh, it's it's incredible, but it's hard. It's hard, and it's actually a constant. It's going to be a constant contended space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But I do I do sense that even through this conversation, like the Lord is drawing us into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful to behold in yeah. this space. Yeah. Something that if we live only from doing that, we actually miss. We miss. Yes. There's a beauty on the journey. I think that God wants to reveal about himself, about who he is yeah. and what it looks like to, to literally be with God in everything that we do instead of the reverse. And that's the journey, right? That's the journey we're being called to. Laura, can I share one thing as we close? It's just a word of encouragement. You know, when we were away on a retreat, I was just studying this one portion of scripture about the thief on the cross. And I was just meditating on that whole moment in time. Like this is one of the last written interactions of Jesus ministering. You know, when you think of him talking to his mother and talking to the thief, he's being ridiculed. But these are the first, the last personal interactions before his death. He has them after his death and continues with us. But I was just reading and meditating on that pocket. I love the final moments of Jesus. I love the intensity of them. They're just so dramatic and intense and epic. And, you know, the thief, the one thief is, you know, is mocking Jesus and kind of taunting him. And the other thief says, you know, gives heck to the other guy, but says, will you remember me? Looks to Jesus. Will you remember me? And you know what Jesus's words are? I was so touched by this. It just struck me. Jesus didn't say, yes, I will remember you. He said, today, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me. And that just really struck my heart. Here the thief was like, would you just remember me? Like, would you just have a fleeting thought of who I am? Remember me, maybe have a little ounce of mercy. And what does Jesus say? No, I'm not just going to remember you. I'm going to be with you. You're going to be with me. Today you will be with me in paradise. And so may that be the thought of your heart. That is God's heart, is that we wouldn't just be remembered. We wouldn't just do what we do, but that we would be with him. And uh, that's my final thought for today. May that just really inspire and encourage your heart that that is the heart of God, that he be with us. 